Okay, so welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of Anxiety. So we've got a special guest here today. We're going to be talking on a very important topic around meningitis. So we've got Claire Donovan, who's a helpline information manager for meningitis now. Hi, Claire. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Good stuff. So we're going to dive into some questions just to find out a little bit more about meningitis, who it affects and kind of um, what to do, I suppose, in terms of the vaccines and whatnot. So we've been linking with meningitis now for, for many years now. So thank you. It's been, always been really good support in terms of sending information through T-shirts and, and really helping us with blogs and things like that. So I suppose the first question is, how did it all start, Claire? Mm -hmm. Well, it started really by a small group of parents um, that had been impacted by meningitis in the Stroud area of Gloucestershire. So some parents whose children had been affected came together, started to support each other, but also found that a lot of people weren't aware of meningitis and they felt that there was a lot of work to do to raise awareness of meningitis really throughout the country. So that's how it started. It was originally known as the Meningitis Trust when it first became an official charity and the charity status was back in eight uh, sorry 1896 1986 so we've been going for quite a long time now. Ah, that's really good I suppose you've built popularity is built and built in terms of staffing and awareness and things. Absolutely yes yeah. Good. So when we talk about meningitis kind of what is it and is there is there different strains to meningitis? Yeah, so yes, to answer the first question, meningitis is the inflammation or swelling of the membranes that surround and protect our brain and spinal cord. Um, so that inflammation can be caused by bacteria or viruses. But some of the bacteria that can cause meningitis also cause septicemia or blood poisoning at the same time. So you can actually have two um, conditions going on at the same time. You can have meningitis and septicemia, which can make you very ill indeed. Um, as we said, there's different causes. Um, there's the viral is less serious, but more common. But the one we're particularly concerned at is bacterial meningitis. And in particular, one called meningococcal meningitis, which is particularly a concern for young people and particularly university students. Um, and there are several strains of meningococcal meningitis, and these are referred to as men A, men B, men C, men W, and men Y. Don't worry about all of those different names, but the most common ones in the UK are men B and men W. Those are the ones that cause most disease. And in particular, men W was a problem in the student population and young people a few years ago where we saw a sudden rise in cases of that um, strain of meningococcal um, meningitis so yeah wow. i've learned something there as well i've been working on meningitis for many years so that that's fairly interesting so in terms of the spread of meningitis and i suppose young people does it affect males and females the same yeah. So, yes, I mean, there's very little difference between males and females. Everybody has a risk of meningitis. Um, and just to give you a bit of background about how it's spread, the bacteria that cause meningitis, the meningococcal bacteria in particular, are spread from person to person through coughing and sneezing and intimate kissing. Um, what might surprise people is around any one time, around one in 10 of the general population are carrying these bacteria in the back of their nose and throat. And this is usually harmless and helps them to build up natural immunity. 
is only very rarely do these bacteria manage to get through the lining of the back of the nose and throat into the bloodstream, travel to the brain and cause meningitis. Now, one of the reasons why young people are particularly at risk is whereas one in 10 of the general population may be carrying these bacteria in the back of their nose and throat, up to one in 25 of the student population, particularly the 15 to 24 age group, can be carrying these bacteria and that just makes them a little bit more risk of becoming ill. Right, so it can be age specific then? Yes, yes. So, so anybody of any age can get meningitis, right. but there are certain times in our life when that risk is greater. Okay. And that 15 to 24 age group, particularly first year students at university, have a higher risk yeah. um, than you would when you're a little bit older or a little bit younger. Yeah, because we've got, I think we've got about 30,000 students. So they, they come in from all over the different parts of the country mm -hmm. and we've got international mm -hmm. students as well and come into one place. And yes, I'm, sure it account, I'm sure it accounts for something like 20% of the population of Nottingham. So they, yeah. so yeah, it's a huge kind of cohort. It is, um, isn't it? Yes, indeed. All kind of carriers then. Yeah. Something we need to be aware of. Um, I mean, like I say, most of the time carrying these bacteria doesn't make us ill and doesn't make other people ill. It's yeah. quite rare that it does. But okay. when it does, it can happen very quickly and it is life threatening. So this is why we all need to be aware. Good stuff. Cool. So when we're talking about symptoms mm. and in relationship with other conditions I'm just thinking of Covid and Absolutely. I did we did some training the other week and a lot of the students were coughing and freshers flu and things like that so that's kind of inevitable, inevitable sometimes. Yeah. What are the kind of key signs to look out for in terms of meningitis? Yeah, yeah I mean it's, it is tricky in the early stages because meningitis can mimic many other uh, more common infections like you say like Covid or flu type symptoms Things to look out for in the early stages are a fever, temperature, a severe headache, vomiting or diarrhoea, or severe muscle pain. So as I say, that you might just think that's flu or even a hangover. But somebody with meningitis will start to become sicker really quite quickly and more symptoms will appear. So drowsiness, confusion, a stiff neck, a dislike of bright lights, pale blotchy skin or a rash. Um, now, some of you may be aware that there's a rash that can be associated with meningitis. I think one message I'd just like to make sure everybody understands is not everybody will get a rash with meningitis. So never wait for a rash to appear. If somebody is ill and getting worse, seek urgent medical advice. Let's say the rash might not come or it might be a late sign when it's too late to save somebody. So if somebody's ill, doesn't matter if you're not sure if it's meningitis or not. It's just if somebody's ill and they're clearly getting worse, that's a trigger to get some medical advice. So it's best to be safe than sorry. And Absolutely. And I suppose per, from person to person, the symptoms can be different. Is that is that right? Absolutely. Because there's a is a range of symptoms. Um, not everybody will get all those symptoms. So again, it's difficult to know and we're not expecting people to diagnose somebody or they've got meningitis. It's, it's more about just being aware of that collection of symptoms. And as I say, if somebody's getting worse, seek urgent medical advice. And I think particularly at the moment, one thing with COVID going around is people might think, oh, it's COVID, I've got to go and isolate somewhere so I'm not spreading it on to anyone else. Oh, yeah. Now, if they happen to have meningitis and not COVID, that could be um, life-threatening 
the last thing you want to do is hide away and not let anybody know that you're not well. You know, again, if you're ill, let somebody know, let your friends know, watch out for each other and make sure somebody's checking on people that aren't well, you know, because if they are getting worse or other signs are appearing and you're worried that they may have meningitis, they're getting a stiff neck, that headache, they're, they may be in a collapsed state, they need urgent medical attention to, you know, potentially save their life. That's really useful information, definitely. So you, you've touched on it a little bit in terms of the onset can be really kind of quick and it can be life threatening. Is that, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is um, an, what we call an acute condition. So, you know, the symptoms will come on maybe over a few hours, sometimes a few days. But after that, somebody's condition will get really sick. They'll become really um, ill and, you know, the sooner somebody gets treatment for meningitis, the better. It, you know, potentially will save their life. So it's really important to act quickly if there's any suspicion that somebody has meningitis. So is it a case of just ringing 999? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if somebody's if somebody's only not sure what it is, there's NHS 111, but in an emergency, always dial 999. Okay. So we've touched on this a little bit in terms of why students are at risk. So I suppose what's, what's your advice around students best protecting themselves from meningitis yeah i mean the best protection is is making sure your vaccines are up to date and we can talk about those uh, in a minute and being aware of the signs and symptoms but doing something as well you know if somebody's sick they're getting worse they're having these signs and symptoms that you're concerned about you know seek that early medical advice don't just kind of wait and see what happens that's the most important thing and you know we've got a lot of information on our website about the signs and symptoms that you can look at we have little symptoms cards um, which we can give out which you may well have at the university as well it's just about being aware of those signs and symptoms and taking action when you're worried great stuff so you touched on the uh, the vaccination mm. and we, we talked about this before we started in terms of a lot of UK students will have had the vaccine. Is it year nine and ten generally? Yes, it's usually year nine and ten. So when they're about 14 or 15 at school, they usually get something called a men ACWY vaccine. So this is a vaccine that protects against four strains of meningococcal meningitis, uh, in particularly that W strain that we had a problem with a few years ago in right. this age group. So that's really important to make sure that you've had it when you're at school. If you're not sure, ask your mum or your dad. They might have your records or check with your GP surgery. But we do know there'll be some students that have missed the vaccine, particularly right. students that have maybe come from overseas and are studying over here for the first time may not have had this vaccine. So the message is to ask the GP surgery that you're registered at. Um, they will have records. If there's any doubt that you've not had it, they will offer, offer it again. And it's quite safe to have it again if you had it a few years ago. If there's any uncertainty that you've had it, it's better to have it again. Um, it's a free vaccine. You shouldn't have to pay for it. It's, it's provided under the National Health Service, but it's a really important vaccine to help protect yourself. So our health centres provide it. We usually do yeah. pop-ups. During, during enrolments but obviously yeah. most of it's been online this year so we're just trying to promote that anybody can book in to, to so just ring the health centre on campus and they'll get you booked in to get your vaccine so yeah. and like That's you say it's better to be safe than sorry and it, it does protect you 
Absolutely. I mean, the, the thing to remember as well is is this work, this vaccine won't protect you against all causes of meningitis. It will protect you against some of the ones that are more common in your age group. But it's just to be aware, even if you've had the vaccine, still be aware of the signs and symptoms, because there is a chance that somebody still could become ill with meningitis. But obviously having the vaccine will give you some protection, but it's not 100 percent protection. So just to be aware of that. OK, cool. So we've chatted about this a little bit in terms of how we can make students more aware of meningitis in terms of the signs and symptoms. So at the minute we've got the symptom cards um, all over campus. We're trying to distribute yeah. it the best we can. And any other advice around that? You've got yeah. yeah, I think it is just finding ways, you know, if there's anybody out there that's got a particular interested in sharing awareness about meningitis, you know, we're happy to help. Um, you know, anywhere you can get those signs and symptoms information out, halls of residence, as you said, information for, you know, in those induction weeks for freshers. Um, we provide a lot of, all our symptoms cars are free, so we're happy to share them for people to pass on to their friends as well. You know, it, it just makes sure your group of friends is aware of meningitis and that you've got some symptoms cars or you know where to access that information through our website or through the university, should you need it really. Good stuff. And I suppose like what you've said, that little bit of knowledge can make all the difference. Absolutely. You know, I say we're not expecting everybody to be experts in meningitis. Yeah. It's just have that in the back of your mind, have a few of the symptoms just there, know where to look for them if somebody's not well and just look out for each other. You know, if one of your friends or colleagues is not feeling well, you know, look out for them, make sure they're OK. Tell somebody else if you're not well, don't keep it to yourself. You know, tell somebody that you're not well, ask somebody just to keep an eye on things. You know, and if you're getting worse and you're not sure what it is, please seek urgent medical attention. Yeah. So would that would that be the same for somebody who's experiencing symptoms, but also the people that they're living with as well? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's just just watch out for each other really um, isn't it yeah great stuff some really good info in terms of somebody who's had meningitis mm. is there is there ongoing support for them there is so just to give you a bit more information obviously meningitis is a life-threatening illness so around one in ten about ten percent of people who get bacterial meningitis sadly die so you know getting that early treatment can help save lives from from the obviously the majority of people do survive but probably around a third of those are left with lifelong problems as a result of the meningitis whether that be something like an acquired brain injury which can affect their learning and their concentration their memory it might be hearing loss or sight loss um, sometimes people associate with meningitis with little children where they've lost limbs through meningitis, um, but that can happen at any age. It isn't just little children that that happens to. Uh, but there's a whole range of really quite serious after effects which meningitis can cause. There's also the more hidden after effects that you can uh, make reasonably physically good recovery, but still be struggling for many months after. It can take a long time to recover. And you can get into things like reoccurring headaches, memory problems, fatigue. Um, all of these things can impact on your daily life and on your learning as a student. 
So here at Meningitis Now, one of our main forms of, um, one of the main things that we do as an organisation is offer support to anybody in the UK who has been affected by meningitis. So our helpline is the first port of call um, and anybody can call us or email us if, if they prefer, you know, just to find out a little bit about what we can do to help. And we offer practical financial and emotional support. So, you know, that's really important for people to know if anybody has been impacted by meningitis. Questions just popped in my head. Once you've had it, could you, can you get it again? It's never say never um, right. it's, it would be very rare to get it twice okay. um, but because there are different causes of meningitis you might get might get meningitis from one cause or one strain like we looked at the w strain but you, you might get it again from a different strain um, it would be very rare very few people ever get it twice great stuff some really good information there so kind of just to um finish off what would you say the top tips are yeah, some really good tips throughout there. Absolutely. I mean, be aware of the signs and symptoms and if concerned, see urgent medical advice. You know, hang on to your symptoms cards. Look at our website, meningitisnow.org. You know, just get that information. Check your vaccines are up to date, especially the men ACWY vaccine. And if you're not sure, as I say, check that you've had it. And look out for each other. If your friends or the people that you're living with, somebody's not well, just look out for them and make sure they're OK. And they're just really straightforward tips, aren't they? That Absolutely. Yeah, really. So. So, yeah, look after yourselves and look after each other. Claire, that's been absolutely brilliant. Meningitis now organising, they do some great work. So we, we're happy to be linking with you guys. And we, we're still keeping up to date with the charter mark as well, which is which yeah. is good. So, so yeah. Well yeah yeah and and thank you for inviting me you know it's, it's just so important that everybody just has that in the back of their mind you know just in case you know it's that time of year when students first start university is a particularly high risk time and you know cases are quite low at the moment because we've all been socially distancing mm -hmm. but now everybody's coming back you know the worry is that cases will start to rise again so please please be aware and check your vaccine status. Great stuff. Claire, brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I'll, I'll drop information in the description, so links and things that you can refer to. So great stuff. Thanks again, Claire. Brilliant. Thanks very much.